patience of each of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So one of my favorite ways to work through a text, especially one that's familiar to us, and we hear these Advent texts every year, maybe from a different gospel, but they all basically say the same thing. But the best way to kind of get you out of that rhythm of I've heard the same thing over and over and over again is what's called Lectio Divina. And Lectio Divina, the idea is you read slowly and you allow your senses to accompany you. You read a text, you get the sense of it, you close your eyes. And you see the scene in your mind. You smell the ground. You taste the cup and the bread. You hear the crowds around you. And in that way, it's not necessarily just a reading. It doesn't just stay here as an intellectual exercise. No, it is part of your heart and indeed an embodied reading of the text. And if we were to take the time to use Lectio Divina today on this text, I think it's interesting to think about the sounds and the stories that are beginning to unfold. We're introduced to a scene, and not last week we were talking about John being in the wilderness, baptizing folks, calling the priests of the day, broods of vipers, you know, just real like serious, angry dude, like not taking any prisoners. And now we find out he actually has been taken prisoner. As we'll find out later because of some power plays and some game playing amongst the elite of the day. But now John is sitting in prison. And I wonder how John speaks the words we hear today. In essence, he's asking, is, are, are, you, are you the one we've been waiting for? You know, I think because it's Advent, because we're almost to Christmas, we want to, I think, start with an excitement. Like, he's, like, hyped about the fact, like, I can get through this prison thing. I'm excited that this Messiah, who I have been preaching about for years, is finally here. But if any one of you have been caught up in jail on the count of peddling for somebody that you aren't 100% sure had been here or not, I don't think that the first feelings that would come out would exactly be ones of pleasant and joyful anticipation, angelic relaxation as you recline and repose in your prison cell. No, I imagine John the Baptist, human after all, probably had a little bit of frustration in his voice. Because again, let's think through this, right? This guy has been tied to Jesus since both of their births, right? We know that story. Elizabeth and Mary get together and John leaps up in the womb when he witnesses Jesus through the womb. So they're tied into one another and now this is the one who's supposed to prepare the way and he has been reclining and doing all of his work in the wilderness, which is not exactly the most comfy place to work. It is no office, it is no Twitter feed, it is having to do the hard work of wearing you know, horse hides and eating locusts and honey, and he's been baptizing, he's been doing the hard work, and now he's been taken prisoner. So yeah, he might feel a little exasperated. 
is everything that he's done, everything that he's known about who he was supposed to be his entire life, is it really true? Or has it become a total bust? Now, of course, any any self-respecting prison would restrict one's visibility and ability to understand what was going on outside the prison doors. So he cannot see it himself right now, but instead he depends on others to make the connection to answer the question that he retains in his heart. And so they, his disciples, meet up with Jesus. And do you notice their reply? It is the classic. If any of you are writers or English majors, you know one of the classic aphorisms of writing is show, don't tell. And here, in this moment, is exactly what Jesus is offering. Jesus invites the disciples of John to take it all in, to experience the Messiah for themselves. And in that experience, and we don't know how long it is, we don't know what transpired during that time, but in that experience, they are able to embody Jesus' ministry. It is not just an idea. It is not just a telegram. It is the living and breathing Messiah in their midst, and they are participating with him. And it isn't just a concept. And what they experience is nothing short of a miracle. The blind can see. Those who cannot walk can walk again. Those cannot speak can speak. Life is changing. Resurrection is happening. New life springing up everywhere. And they are right there with him to experience every single bit of it. This is nothing short, dear friends, of an opportunity to redefine every single expectation that the disciples of John have about the Messiah. Now, this would be great. You could stop here and they could go on their way and say, oh, listen, it is fabulous. You did some good work, John. You'll make it through. But Jesus also reminds them during the time that the work that they had done was worth it. John's hard work and dedication, his grit and determination was a reminder of his commitment as well. But he also ends the time here in the text with an expectation that there is even something greater in store. And you know, that's Isaiah too. The Old Testament reading we heard. Isaiah tells the story of the people of Israel during the height of their time and at the lowest of their time. And right here in chapter 35, we are right in the lowest point. Things look awful for our dear heroes. And do you know what happens? Isaiah says, yeah, that might all be true, but look at what's going to happen, y'all. This is the best part of Advent for me, is because we get all these great themes from Isaiah. We get to hear about lions laying down with lambs and kids playing with snakes, and it's totally cool. We get to hear about streams bursting forth in deserts. Beauty and hope in places 
where they have never been seen. So I wonder today, as many of you are sitting in these pews for maybe the first time in years, maybe the first time in months, or maybe the first time in a week, welcome back, all of you, where do you see yourself in this text today? You might see yourself as John. You've worked hard. You've committed yourself to Jesus, and yet, with circumstances beyond your control over the preceding weeks, months, and years, you find yourself feeling spiritually imprisoned. Now, you may have had a glimpse of what was coming. You thought, okay, things are, things, there's something on the horizon, but you're not able to see the fullness of what was promised. And so you have to sit at distance with the bars around you, wondering. And so you may ask at times in anticipation, goodness gracious, you may ask yourself this question in anticipatory ways, third time's a charm, you might ask yourself, is it really true in hopeful ways? Or you might ask yourself these questions in angst-filled, frustrating ways. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with any of those responses. Because that is human experience. But in being here, you've posed that question. Is it true? You might also see yourself today as one of the messengers. You've spent time in the wilderness too. You know it's hard out there. You've had your fill of locust buffets one too many times. But still you persevere because you're hoping in the end this truly is the thing it was meant to be. And so perhaps now you're acting as a go-between for those who have been imprisoned and those who are still out and have not had the world happen to put them in a cell. You keep saying, I think something's going to go on. And the moment someone asks that question that they can't be here, I'm willing to go find out and see for myself. And now, even for briefest moments, you have a chance to experience resurrection in our midst. You have a chance to see life coming up in places that looked like deserted spaces. There's new life springing up everywhere. And in either case, all of us here today and those who are watching online and those who are still caught perhaps in a culturally imprisoned moment that they cannot find themselves free, we all can say that we are encouraged that the grit and the determination was worth it after all. There was no other way. But yet, we're reminded that Jesus tells us there's even more to look forward to. That what's here now does not even begin to scratch the surface of what we can anticipate. And even what we anticipate here is not nearly going to scratch the surface of what is coming when Jesus returns.
But in the midst of the already but not yet, in the midst of now, in the midst of going from prison out to the fields to see what Jesus is doing, we can embody it, dear friends. We can taste resurrection around us. We can see it. We can witness it. And indeed, dear friends, we can embody what Jesus is doing. We ourselves are living a life at South Jacksonville Presbyterian Church of Lectio Divina, of seeing what the text says and living it out with our very bodies. That is happening now, and each one of you are testament to that. And if we were in a lot of other places, I could say amen, and you would say amen, but we're just going to pretend it happened. And, uh... Friends, let, let, let me tell you this. From my heart to yours. I've been here a little over two years now. And I love you. I really do. I love your personalities. I love the ways you get excited about some things. And I, wa- I love the way you get annoyed at things. You know, we're past the honeymoon, and we're here together. And we're still having fun. Look at what I, you know, I don't always have times to send love letters, right? So let this be my one moment of a love letter for every single one of you. Let this be today a moment where you say, you know what, maybe it's okay for me to embody the unseen Maybe it's okay for me to ask, is this really happening? All this work we've done, is it really worth it? I can't promise you, dear friends, that it's going to be soft robes and Polaroid pictures of reeds blowing in the wind. Oh, so precious. But I will tell you this. Oh, the work is worth it. You are worth it. San Marco is worth it. Jacksonville is worth it because the kingdom of God is here. And we just got to keep hearing it every once in a while, don't we? We got to hear it from the folks who can go out in the distance and then maybe come back and say, no, it's really happening. There is life springing up from barren lands. I promise you that. So from my heart to yours, Just remember, we love you. I love you. And I want you to come home. Thanks be to God.